following on from the previous episode, I bring you another interview from my archive. And this time, it's an interview I did with Brendan B. Brown of Wheatus, uh, which was conducted in 2013 on a show I used to do called The Millennium Years, which was a syndicated radio program that... um, focused primarily on the years 1995 to 2005 and occasionally I had a guest on that week it was Brenton I have some amazing memories of uh, talking to him I was still very new to the interviewing game then even though I'd done a fair few and I can tell you that uh, I hadn't listened to this uh, since I had previously edited it eight years ago, and uh, I was astonished. There are certain things then that I wouldn't do now, and I should say that with that in mind, the sound isn't as good as it could be. There was a lot of distortion in places. I was using dodgy mixing desks, uh, an old laptop, you know, other bits and pieces. I think I had technical difficulties, but as usual, the show had to go on. And thus, it doesn't sound, as I say, as good as it could. I've tried to clean it up as best I can, and uh, everything is still audible. I just wanted to present to you uh, this piece of work that I did um, quite a while ago now, because a lot of it is still relevant. Without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Brendan B. Brown of Wheatus in 2013. I'm, uh, of course, here today with uh, Brendan Brown from the band Wheaters. Hello, Brendan. Hello, Jamie. How are you? How are you doing? How's the band going on? Uh, I'm well. We're all very well. We're uh, in the middle of recording album six. Um, almost all of the bass is done. All the drums have been done for a while now. And we're just, uh, I'm just in the middle of doing guitars with my friend John from the band Late Cambrian. So, What's the new album called? Or have you not got a title yet? Yeah, no, we have one. It's called the Valentine LP. Ah, is it due to be released in February? <laughs> uh, that wasn't the reason we called it that, but it did look for a while like we were going to get it done uh, for Valentine's Day. And then that wicked storm, Sandy, happened here in New York, and we got uh, had to sit for about uh, 14 or 15 days with no power. So it was... Uh, it threw our whole schedule off, and we had to rewrite the book. So there's, uh, it looks like we're on on course for April now. When you come to write songs, um, you know, how do you sit down and do it? What is what's your writing method? There's a couple of, of different ways that it kind of unfolds for me. Uh, sometimes it's a story, uh, a narrative of some kind that that uh, s- feels like it sounds like something. I don't. I know that that's. I'm mixing my senses, but uh, um, then there's a sort of a, a riff-based progress situation that unfolds sometimes, where it's a, sort of like um, a hooky little guitar riff will will stick around for a bit and um, make its way into a chord progression and then become a song. So it's a, a couple of different paths to. In the uh, in the, I hope you don't mind me asking this. In the UK, your most famous song is probably "Teenage Dirtbag." Would you say that was true? 
I would say that that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, some people have, have asked me, I did ask some people prior to this interview what they'd like to ask you, and they asked, where did that song come from? It's a bit of a long story. It's not, it's not exactly what people would think. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was about 10 or 11 years old in the summer of 1984, uh, here on Long Island, there was a ritual drug-induced satanic teen homicide. <laughs> Um, it happened in the woods close to my childhood home. And when, uh, when the perpetrator was arrested, he was wearing an ACDC T-shirt. And I was walking around at that age already with a tape case full of ACDC and uh, Metallica and uh, Iron Maiden. And, of course, uh, there was a tremendous amount of uh, parental and uh, police uh, sort of wariness about the music that I'd been listening to. And a lot of us, uh, we, we little dirtbags, we paid a bit of a price for, for that uh, ridiculous episode. And it's a sort of a, a the, that was the setting, the backdrop of, of the song Teenage Dirtbag. I guess it's a little bit of a, of a sort of a statement about what you, what somebody might be wearing or what somebody might be listening to. And, and that there was a time uh, in my own life in particular where that was incredibly important and could be uh, have grave consequences. And, and um, that's the setting for that song. And, of course, it's a, a bit of a fantasy in terms of the, the love narrative and all that stuff. Yes, yeah, um, definitely. If you fast-forward through six albums, would you say that your style is developed or is it the same as it was when you started? Oh, I'd say that it's nothing like what it was when we started. I've always been very fond of... of uh, bands that don't have any genre allegiance, um, and so when I when I produce records, I'm you know it's just as likely that any kind of a top forty pop song technique will get included, uh, as will a, a a heavy metal technique or or a hip hop technique or or something like that. So you know eclectically produced records uh, with a lot of different influence are hard to are hard to pin down. So. We've evolved with all of that, um, yeah. that soup, you know, that, uh, so, so uh, like our last record, the Jupiter EP is a bit, a bit of a progressive rock kind of thing at times. Yeah. Um, it's also a little bit odd, uh, like Frank Zappa ish at times. And there's still, uh, I'm a big fan of the way that the records, uh, produced by the cars sound. So every once in a while we'll try and get that, that feeling on tape, um, not writing songs like them in any way, but just trying those 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 recorded techniques, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at our stuff, I don't think our first record has much at all to do with our last album, Five, at all. However, the new record uh, is a bit of a return to, to the way that we did the first one with, uh, you know, real big acoustic drums and uh, uh, loud guitars and stuff. It's a, I, I was telling my friend... Um, Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional the other day that it was it was a weird sing along record with big loud guitars and that's that's the way I would describe the new one. Yeah. Well, you know, we certainly look forward to that. Do do you produce it yourself? Yeah, I always have, yeah. Yeah, well yes. that certainly shows. Do you think you've learnt a lot over the time? You know, have you ever sort of laid something down and thought, I don't like that and gone back and done it again? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, the the first uh 
uh, the first uh, song I started working on for guitars on this new record, I uh, took me about two weeks uh, er recording every single day to figure out what the guitar was supposed to be like and and uh, which which amps to use and um, how loud it was going to be in the mix. So yeah, I certainly go back to the drawing board quite a bit. And I did uh, with Teenage Dirtbag too. The first record was actually recorded four separate times, starting in about 1995 or so. Uh, I was working alone on a four-track with a drum machine and a and a bass. And you know, I find that there's never a point that you get to where you're like, okay, I know how to produce a record now, uh, and I've reached that point. That's never going to happen. I always feel like I have to learn from scratch how to produce each song on its own. So. It sounds like you've, um, you know, you've obviously learned from what you've done before. Um, I had a question in from someone, and they wondered where the name Wheaters came from. <laughs> that's the oldest question of all time. Yeah, uh, I apologise. You know, that's okay. No, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm happy that you're interested. <laughs> uh, the uh, the word is a sort of a devolution of of the word little. Um, my father used to call us uh, Wheatus when we were kids, and it's a nickname that he made up that sort of devolved out of out of the word little. So it's yeah. a nonsense. It's a nonsense word. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Have you ever recorded anything by yourself as a, as a solo artist? Uh that's a that's a funny question. Wheatus serves that purpose in my life pretty adequately, so I don't I don't ever really feel like uh, like doing that. Um, you know these uh, i like being in a, in a rock band in a in a live performing rock band and uh, you know rock uh is a term when you know for lack of a better but uh the uh the solo thing doesn't just doesn't occur to me really i feel like all of those urges are met with the band that i'm currently in you know yeah um i've always wondered actually um first time i heard teenage dirtbag when it first came out why um on some versions the actual expletives were cut out or what were seen to be expletives yeah that's a funny story um when we delivered teenage dirtbag to the record label to columbia records it was uh <clears throat> it was about april of 2000 and yeah yeah year 2000 sorry april of 2000 um and do you remember what that was the anniversary of the columbine shooting oh yeah uh, that was the one-year anniversary, so they had a real problem with the lyrics about uh, him bringing a gun to school. Um, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Regardless of my stance on it, if you you know, I mean, it, I was actually taking a position that that probably wasn't the best thing to be doing, and uh, still feel that way. And I I, I think that that was uh, just you know the kind of fear-driven record label politics. Um, of the time you know when you write songs you know I, know I know some artists they like to stick the odd expletive in do you like to stay clean or or do you <laughs> like to use it for effect or yeah I, I i don't think about it that much to be honest if it, if the if the song sounds better or if, or if the ex expression is better with or more effective with with uh foul language then so be it um uh, and if it isn't then so be that you know it's um i don't really I don't really think about it that much. This is quite an old question, actually, but, um, you know, it's, it's that standard question. If someone came to see you at a gig, what would they expect? You know, do you do any kind of stage show, or is it just you as you are with your music? Uh, or um... Well, I, aesthetically speaking, I, I have always 
been a bigger fan of of acts that didn't uh spice up the the performance uh aside from the actual musical content uh i was a big fan of rush growing up and acdc and uh, i uh saw a band that i was uh always been a big fan of a band called quicksand a couple of nights ago and and they uh they stand there on the stage and they play their music and it's interesting enough and uh that's uh that's the vibe um we do keep it a bit more interactive than than other bands. Uh, I think that we have been keeping this thing going uh, for the last few years where we ask the audience what they want to hear and they get to make up the set list in real time uh, yeah. with some limi- some limitations but but generally speaking, we just ask them what what kind of what songs they want and then when they call them out, we play them. Has there ever been any bizarre requests? Not really um, there's always somebody who wants to hear you know thinks it's funny to shout out freebird uh, <laughs> and we we toyed with the idea of of uh learning the entire thing the entire boring uh terrible thing that is freebird <laughs> i i i you know i can't stand that song i like some leonard skinner but that song just drives me crazy i can't take it so yeah. we toyed with the idea of learning the whole tedious bit and <laughs> if somebody shouts it out well too bad. Now, now you have a whole fifteen minutes worth of this terrible song that you have to sit through. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I, I know that you um, you released a cover of, of an Erasure song uh, back in '01, I believe. But uh, have you done any other covers uh, since? Um, not recorded. We've uh, we've played some uh, some live covers uh, lately. We've been doing uh, "My Name Is Jonas" by Weezer. Uh, as a return of the favor for them doing uh, Teenage Dirtbag at the festivals. And uh, we also played a a Willie Nelson song here and there and uh, uh, toyed around with Jay-Z's 99 Problems for a bit. Yes. Yeah, and we did did release... I'm sorry, I'm I'm forgetting that we did release the the one cover of uh, Pat Benatar's uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot Um, that was floating around for a little while few years ago so yeah we, we we do we do mess around with some other other music yeah because I, I can i could admit to you now i've always wanted to uh to admit to you when i first heard a little respect i heard your version before i heard erasures so once oh. I heard, once i heard erasures it didn't theirs didn't quite sound right even though that was the original version yeah so, uh, for shame <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I, I know, I'm a huge Erasure fan now, but obviously, I mean, that was like the beginning of the internet, wasn't it? Really, uh, yes. 2000, 2001, and yeah. all we had was like dial-up, you know, music wasn't as readily available, the only sort of terms were the television and the radio, and at that time, they were playing your song a lot, you know, on Radio 1 and stuff, whenever, yeah. I, whenever I tuned in. Um, do you think the radio play has been a factor in your in your success as well? Uh, it certainly has. Um, I, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Joe Wiley was was, uh, I think, the first uh, BBC. I think at the time she was at Radio One. Um, yes, she was. And she she came out strong for us, and that was really uh, what put it on on people's uh, minds. And and that was very fortunate. And we've been even more fortunate to have it kind of stick around and. Uh, you know, last year in 2012, and and I think it was March or April, it broke into the top 40 official countdown again. Yeah, uh, 
and it did the same the year before in 2011. So it was very strange and kind of cool, and I have, have it, uh, a big favor to pay back to Joe Wiley for that <laughs> and to the whole BBC. So that's really, that was really kind of fortunate for us. It yeah. gave, us a, gave us a musical career, so to speak. When you sing, uh, do you like to keep your own accent? Or I know some, I mean, some British singers kind of have this American twang on them, even if they're British. Um, you know, what, what do you do? <laughs> My my real accent, the one uh, the one that I've had to uh, push back a bit, is a is a sort of New York Long Island uh, accent. And growing up, I've I've watched some some old VHS tapes of myself when I was a teenager, and I had a very thick New York accent. And uh, since then, I kind of it's kind of go it's kind of gone away a little bit, just because I have not been uh, interacting in the in the way that I was when I was a kid uh, in, with you know, my local Long Island neighbors as yeah. much, but, but when I get angry, it comes back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't, I, the accent that I sing with is just a sort of, uh, I don't, I don't really think about it that much. It's, it's kind of just an extension of the way that I speak now, Yeah. but, but not the way that I've always spoken. No, certainly not. No. Well, um, you know, I think I'm going to call it there, but thank you very much for talking to me, Brendan. And, um, you know, I hope the new album comes on okay, and I'll certainly be first in line to buy a copy. Will that be physical or digital? Well, uh, we have a pretty extensive uh, download system at Weedis.com. You can go there and you can get uh, the majority of our catalog for free, or you can uh, donate um, to the cause. Uh, and when we do put it out, I think I think we're going to be doing uh downloads and vinyl only uh we did cds and we have done cds for our albums uh, f- uh four and five but we uh, yeah it looks like we're going to try and get away from physical product this time around and just keep it strictly digital or strictly analog yeah i'd, I'd imagine that vinyl would sound would sound quite good with your your kind of um your sound well we currently do have uh uh, a double vinyl set available on our website um and it it's a, a sort of a milestone in recording technology we we have the first we're the first band to ever uh cut a vinyl record off of a, a DSD system which is our uh, one bit recording system is super high resolution and uh we're also the first band to ever cut a record off of 1 inch tape um which <laughs> is there's only one machine of of its kind in my my friend Paul has it in Brooklyn, so we, <laughs> we 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 tried for we tried for some uh, some interesting technology on the last record, and it shows the the vinyl sounds particularly large and and crisp, and we like it. Yes, yeah, I've got got mine sitting here. I'm sure you sit down with your vinyl sometimes. I should think. Yep, indeed. My my Who records. The Who is the best band on vinyl, in my opinion. It holds just holds up so well. Well, you know, our, our British audience will um, will love that. Of course, they they um, closed the Olympics, didn't they? They sure did. And who better to do it than, than those guys? No I mean, pun intended. No pun intended. No, no pun intended. Well, thank you very much, Brendan, for talking to me. And, um, you know, I hope everything goes all right for you and the tour and everything yeah thank you jamie we'll speak again i'm sure when uh, when uh, we're ready to drop the record i'll give you give you a buzz yeah definitely and um you know give us a give us a buzz if um if you're around the south of the uk at all i will do thanks man yes thank you very much that's me jamie dyer talking to brendan b brown from the band wheatus in 2013 Thanks for listening to this episode of the 90s and Noughties UK podcast. 
I'll be back soon with more episodes. Be sure to keep in touch. Thank you for listening to 90s and Noughties UK, a podcast on UK pop culture of the 90s and 2000s. Please remember to rate, comment and subscribe on your favourite podcast provider. If you want to contact the show, email 90sandnoughties at gmail.com, tweet us on at 90sandnoughtiesUK on Twitter, or check us out on Facebook, 90sandnoughtiesUK. UK.